Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Laith Elsadi. Check it out. All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to my musical hero and the super talented Laith Elsadi. So happy to have you here, Laith. How are you? Great to be with you, Chuck. Uh, awesome. You know. Far as uh, the times considered, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fantastic right now because I'm here with you. So that's cool. Even though we're not in the same room, it's still awesome. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and we also have fans. So we've got Jamie, Jane, uh, Ron, and Sylvia. How are you guys doing? Good. Real good. Great. Thank you. Excellent. So I kind of like to start things off by asking the fans how they became fans of Leith Alsadi. So, uh, why don't we start with, with uh, Ron and Sylvia? Uh, the Voice. The Voice, awesome. So, so I'm on The Voice, was a fan immediately. Matter of fact, I would love to see, I used to be able to see the uh, YouTube of uh, Lace Blind Audition. You know, when oh, he first yeah. started on The Voice, I loved that, the way uh, Farrell asked, didn't turn around right away. And he asked him, well, was that you really on the guitar all this? And when he did turn around, Lace just, you know, it was awesome. I just <laughs> used to be able to see that. would love to see that again. But um, That yeah. is a big drag about the voice. Um, the thing about it is that, like, they don't really, well, they don't want to pay for licenses is what I think. So your stuff goes off the air two years after you okay. go on the show. Oh, wow. And uh, of course, it's a real disservice to the people that are on the show. That's like a big exposure uh, because obviously, you know, I miss looking up that stuff or being able to include yeah. it. In little, like if I'm applying to a club, being able to put that little YouTube clip of something on the voice was always a good, a good thing. So anyway, it's, it's a drag with that. And I'll tell you guys too, that I tried to get them to allow artists to buy cds of the music that we made on the show and they didn't want to do that either and it's like oh, we're all touring around so if they'd let us buy them for five bucks a piece and sell them our shows for 10 bucks or whatever that would be helpful to their brand and us but i i think that what i've learned is that that show is way more about the judges than it is the contestants yeah or the you know and and that's a Anyway, I'm still happy I did it because otherwise I wouldn't be seeing you guys. And I would oh, no. we are too. We are like thankful so. you did it. <laughs> we have them all on iTunes. The everything you did on the voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, our our sons now call us Leif Alsadi groupies. So um, you know, it's like, hey, it, but funny. they they are too. They're all about your age. <laughs> they all love your music. That's awesome. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, they came down to Sylvia. Sylvia and Ron came down to see me at a place in uh, Indianapolis in the uh, Broad Ripple area yes. called oh. Oak Theater, and uh, it was actually not terribly well attended, but it was a beautiful theater. We had a we had a blast yeah. playing there. Yeah, now, Ronnie and I were talking. How many times have we seen Late Live? I now? think seven, six. I or, think I, yeah, six or seven I think times so, yeah. now. We've been Very up nice. to Michigan to see Just up to Michigan was the last one. That was awesome, too, <laughs> by the way, the drive up or drive in. Yeah, yeah. That was a, my only drive in concert that I've ever played. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, oh, it sure was. Honk, honk, honk. Yes. <laughs> and then I was so glad we got to see you in uh, Chicago. That was actually on Sill's birthday. That was last that, year at yes, the City Winery in Chicago. Wow. And that, we wow. didn't have a chance to speak with you that night. We talked to Mark, your drummer, for just a little bit after the show. Yeah. We were there. Our, um, we, when our boys were in high school, we had an exchange student from Germany that he and his wife were living in Evanston during the time. And for my, birth, for my birthday, they had us come up from Indianapolis and took us to see your show at the City Winery. And wow. Yeah, that, yeah, that was awesome. Loved that show too. We were because we were able to sit right down real close. I loved that. <laughs> it's I really like those venues. I've played city wineries in Boston, DC, Chicago. I've done like four times. Wow. Uh, 
I haven't done Nashville or Atlanta. Um, let's see, Boston I've played and New York City. But anyway, they're all beautiful, you know. Yeah. They're, they're good listening rooms. They were designed kind of for the artists and stuff. So, I, you know, I always enjoy playing. I, I hope the experience is good, but <laughs> it was great. Yes, it was awesome. I'll never that night was awesome, and the food was real good too. <laughs> Are your friends uh, still in Evanston, or have they moved back to Germany? Or? They went back to Germany in March when um, everything was really Start, starting yeah, here. Yeah. Um, she has some health problems. Are yeah exchange students wife and and uh was suggested that you know they needed to get the hell out of dodge so to speak so um they they went back to germany we're still in very close contact with them and um so cool. but yeah yeah thank you for asking about no I, well I, I like evanston a lot i've played up at a club called space there and one of my favorite indian spots uh is called Himalaya, but that's that's in Evanston. My sister used to live up. Well, she still lives in Chicago, but she used to live up in the Rogers Park area. So cool. we go up to a decent amount. Yeah, but um, this is a weird question to ask, so I don't want to get political with it. But like, how did they feel about the healthcare system here? Like, was that part of the reason why they were going back? Did they? Yes. Okay, yeah. I figured. Yeah. 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 yeah, and people always say that everybody has it worse, but uh, you know, most people that I know that live in Europe and stuff really are happy with their healthcare. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That was that was one of the reasons, definitely. Yeah. And with her health issues, that yeah. you know, she really, is, if anything happened, it would have been a, a real problem if yeah. she was still here. So we were glad they were able to get take off and and uh, actually they, they the Joe or. Or forty, he went back on his fortieth birthday. Yeah, we went uh, up and we, helped help close out their apartment yeah, and, and everything, and, and so. Very cool. Uh, where are they from in Germany? They live in Hamburg. Is where they live, oh, okay. live right now. Yeah, and uh, we we were over there when they when they were married, and and uh, and beautiful beautiful place. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm sorry. We probably should uh, talk to, talk about music a little bit, but this is really fun to be able to chat with the uh, people that oh, I get sure to see is. on yeah. a regular basis. So, <laughs> uh, does anybody have any uh, music related questions or? Comment. <laughs> I will be on. Yeah, you are. Go for it. Hey, Jerry. No, I just I remember when we saw you in Somerville two or three years back. And one thing I really like about you, there's, there's a bunch that I really like, <laughs> but I think you're, you're playing a Tom Petty song, Running Down a Dream. Yeah. And I, I love how whatever you play, you'll always throw in little riffs or little licks yes. from other tunes. Yeah. And when you were playing Running Down a Dream, you threw in some Lavia Strangiato from Rush. Yeah. <laughs> and I was. I nearly fell off my chair and I looked at Jody and I said, there, there's no way anyone else here caught that but me. That's, that's more my style of music, hard rock, heavy metal. We don't agree on music, but we come together with blues and uh, awesome. you're, you're well, certainly one of our favorites. Thank and, uh, you. But that was, that was amazing. I was like, oh my God, did he just do that? I I'm am like, a, a huge oh. Rush fan, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're a musician an actual musician and you appreciate other musicians yeah. so uh yeah that, they qualify so <laughs> <laughs> they certainly do man i was uh, actually really lucky i got to meet alex and getty uh, i didn't get to meet neil and of course did not know about what kind of shape neil was in but basically on the last yeah. tour the r40 tour um yeah that was great it was amazing. And the tour manager was somebody that I actually knew because he's from Ann Arbor. I don't know if you know this, but Russia's tour manager for years was from Ann Arbor. He was a dude named Skip Gildersleeve. Really? Okay. And yeah. I mean, for, for over 30 years, I believe. Wow. Um, Skip passed away. And basically, I think through, through Skip and just them touring around, they met another guy from Ann Arbor that was... Uh, a very experienced tour manager for Seeger for tons of people. But um, anyway, 
he, uh, Craig Blazer was his name, and he did the, the last tour. And I had met Craig when I did the Ann Arbor Folk Festival at Hill Auditorium, and we kind of hit it off. And so when the R40 tour came around, I got uh, passes to go in Chicago oh, to man. see them at the United Center, and I got to stand in line and, of course, you know, get to meet Alex and Getty and get my picture taken. So <laughs> pretty big highlight. I mean, I wish I had known that was the last time I'd see them. You know, I think I've seen Rush 17 times. So Wow. So. Really? I've seen them like four times. So <laughs> That's fantastic. I can't, can't keep up with that. But yeah. I started on the Roll the Bones tour. Oh, cool. Yep. So Mine was uh, Counterparts. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty close to the same time frame. Yep. I remember oh, yeah. waiting in line for counterparts to come out at Tower Records on South U in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah, Tower Records. Yep. You remember that little vestibule up from the parking structure that you get to wait yep. for tickets and oh, all the man. albums to come out? I, I miss that, man. Like people don't get yeah, excited like that about record releases and stuff anymore, you know. Yeah. Oh, camping out overnight to make sure that you're there for the tickets in the morning and yeah, oh, yeah. I, and you're just scrambling. You're just surrounded by other music fans, and you just talk, <laughs> talk, and talk. It's great. Totally, totally. Friends you haven't met yet. Exactly. But yeah. Like-minded folks, you know it. <laughs> awesome. So, so I, I was going to ask a question of uh, Lath because I'm I'm just dying to know. Uh, I think I read somewhere, or maybe it was an interview that you did where. You said that you started playing guitar because you really, you were in a Beatles fan. You wanted to be able to sing along with the Beatles and you started playing guitar without really thinking about guitar as your like primary uh, musical instrument. You really wanted to sing, but you became this fantastic guitar player as well as a great vocalist. So when did, when did that, uh, that drive to be as great a guitar player as you are a vocalist start? Well, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like the love for it started right away. I don't know that I think of myself as as good of a guitar player as I am a singer, or or even. I don't know what I think about any of that. Period. <laughs> um, but I guess it just happened right away. I mean, so I, I'll correct a couple of things. I didn't want to just sing along with the Beatles. I wanted to sing along with my friends playing Beatles songs was kind okay. of the deal. So like, basically it was kind of around that time that we all went to camps as a kid and all that stuff. And I kind of realized how sweet it was to have this portable instrument that you could just take down to the campfire and have an awesome evening, you know, sitting and singing songs that everybody yeah. knew and liked and all that stuff. So that was kind of the impetus, but I, I think I pretty much started playing guitar all the time right when I got one. And of course I started out probably atypically with an electric. Um, oh. So I had this crappy blue Magnum Explorer and, yes. uh, and you know, a Yamaha <laughs> 10 watt Budokan amp or whatever. So, I mean, I remember, I wish I had a recording of it because it must've been the most annoying phone call known to man. But I remember getting home with that stuff and calling my friend Phil and be like, Hey dude, listen to this. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't play anything on it. Just was so thrilled to be able to like make loud noises with it anyway. And um, so, yeah, but I, I, I don't know what to say. Like I, I can't, I, I think it just pretty much instantly set in that this was going to be something that I kind of had an aptitude for. And it was, um, I don't know, like stringed instruments are easier for me to relate to than, most other instruments like I played the piano for well I took piano lessons when I was a kid and did not practice much um I still play piano and write on piano and I still like you know I had to take two years of it in college and stuff yeah. like that so I have a pretty rudimentary or intermediate understanding of it um and I think as far as music theory and stuff goes I still visualize stuff on the keyboard more than I do the guitar because it's kind of a more logical setup um but other than that, there's something about stringed instruments. So like, I mean, I double majored in um, bass and guitar because oh, okay. at Community, which is the high school I went to in Ann Arbor, um, I ended up by default in my last year being the best bass player they had around. And it's because I had kind of played in like intermediate bands since ninth grade doing that stuff. And then um, same thing happened in college, man. I mean, I went to Western for my first two years and I didn't do any bass there. 
they had a pretty big bass studio, so I was a voice and guitar major, but then I transferred to U of M, and when I did, they wouldn't let any of my credits transfer from Western, so I had to start over with four years of applied study on guitar, and I decided, because I was starting over, I'd kind of learned by that point that voice study wasn't as intensive musically as instrumental study, uh -huh. so I switched the voice thing to bass because they needed a bass player and so by default again there I was the kind of the best bass player around so I played in the big band you know the jazz orchestra um, all four years got to study with Paul Keller who I absolutely oh, wow. love and they bring in guest artists too so I yeah. mean I had um, I had lessons with R uh, Rufus Reed who is one of my favorite bass players from uh, you know well, I guess he's from New York or New Jersey area. Uh, and then Edgar Meyer, who plays with like Bela Fleck and um, yeah. you know, just one of the greatest bluegrass and classical guys out there. And uh, Ray Brown, who passed away shortly afterwards, but Ray Brown was married to Ella Fitzgerald and played in the Oscar Peterson trio and is the bass player on all the Louis, you know, Armstrong yeah. and Ella Fitzgerald recordings. Anyway, so, so they really made a pretty cool program, I guess, for me to be able to study bass there because they kind of knew that they were using, you know, even though Paul is absolutely like international caliber, they would, they would, you know, bring yeah. in a special artist to give me a lesson every once in a while and stuff that like that. Fantastic. So I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good studies. That's wild. Yeah. All right. So anybody else have some questions for Lath? I could go on and on and on. <laughs> I'm just going to say hi, Lath. Hi. Hey. How are you, Toby? Hey, <laughs> sit, I'm sit sure in the, the parking uh, lot. I couldn't. Weather is much nicer where you are. <laughs> it's, it's actually chilly in Encino today. Is it? <laughs> oh, so what is yeah. chilly to you in Encino? Anything, anything under seventy-two. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Come to New Hampshire. We're at about That's, twenty-five. I keep my house in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So, Leith, I do have a couple questions for you. Let's yeah. I had, like, you are brilliant to me, like, just absolutely, like, brilliant. Do you have a photographic memory or, like, how does this come out of you? And, like, you're talking to everybody on this call and you're calling where yeah, they, first saw, they first saw you at and other places that they've seen you perform and other venues in that place and the name of the venue that they saw you perform. It's just, it's mind blowing. You are. <laughs> well, thank you. It's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, like, I don't, I definitely don't have like a photographic, photographic memory. I think I've got kind of close to one, like as far as, especially my auditory memory goes, I feel like that's um that's one of the cases where it is more like that like I mean I I I have always been since I was a kid able to kind of like replay records in my head like so like literally because I don't have perfect pitch but I wasn't really trained formally so I feel like I might have had perfect pitch if I was like given classical lessons and always knew when I looked at an A on a piece of paper that that sounded like this thing but I didn't learn to read because I was playing teaching myself how to play rock and roll so I didn't have that association with like what you know note names were there and stuff like that but that said I would like get pitches to tune my guitar from replaying records in my mind so like you know so get back by the Beatles is in a or things like that. And I can just know the sound of that song and then get the pitch that I'm trying to tune to from that. And so that is something kind of photographic. And then I'd say like, I've got a good memory for the most part. I mean, I, you know, like definitely, uh, I feel like it gets worse over time, maybe not just the age, but also the memory banks get filled up. Like I used to be great at remembering phone numbers and everybody's names and, <laughs> I, you know, I hope I'm still good at it, but more people you meet and the more stuff you have to remember, the harder that becomes. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Anyway, Jamie, that's a, I, I think on a scale, I might be closer to a photographic memory than some, but I, I don't think it's uh, anywhere near perfect. Let's say that. <laughs> that's how you broke it down, how, you know, the songs and the key and, and stuff like that. So. Well, that, that's another whole story, though, because, like, people talk about music um, in a lot of, like, kind of 
metaphorical ways. And the thing is, when music, when people say music's a language, like it really is a language. Like that's not a metaphor. It's it's like there's structure to music, and when you learn that, and you kind of learn the you know how when you look at a word, you don't you now see the word. You don't look at every individual letter. You recognize the word as the word. Right. So when people look at musical phrases and they're pretty studied, they'll look at a whole chunk of notes and the rhythm attached to it, and they see that as what it sounds like to them because they're actually familiar with it. And beyond that, then it's just like it starts to – we chunkify information. We start to deal with bigger – components and stuff like that and i mean so for me i'm still amazed at people that can memorize like concertos and shit like that where they're playing like 30 or 40 minute pieces that are incredibly complex and stuff i mean i'm just able to know a lot of songs like i think my specialty is, <laughs> is the short form the you know i think of the song as like the short story of, of of music writing but of course it's also the most easily shareable with people and yeah. all that stuff but anyway i don't if so uh I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm I'm still in awe of a lot of people that can remember a lot more than I do, but I, I think I got a pretty good memory for that. Type Speaking of, of that, it brings me to my second question. Um, do you have a favorite artist? Is there one person that influenced you or, or motivates you or touches you more than? Yeah, because the Beatles are like too profound of an influence. So they definitely are my favorite group and just have been since I, I was, you know, I can remember. I mean, it's it's hard because I love so many people for what they do, uh, but they definitely, like, they're pretty much the reason why I play music. I learned, like, how to harmonize, to listen to their records, and, you know, it was, that was the beginning of it. But, I mean, I love you know, I love Jimi Hendrix. I love Led Zeppelin. I love Pink Floyd. I love Eric Clapton. I love uh, Rush. I love, you know, a lot of that progressive rock stuff too. That's more mainly the 70s stuff. So I'm kind of into the Frank Zappa and King Crimson and things like that. But I mean, you know, and yes. Yes. Um, yeah. You say yes. Yeah. But so what's your, what's your favorite Beatles album? Uh, probably Abbey Road. Smart <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like what about that album the, i'm sorry what about that album that is uh makes it your favorite well chuck it kind of went through a succession to get there so like i think <laughs> probably when i was a kid my favorite album was probably uh sergeant pepper okay i think sergeant pepper has a little bit more of like a playful psychedelia to it that makes it more appealing to kids i guess maybe mm -hmm. um the White Album is probably almost on par with Abbey Road for me. But the thing is, Abbey Road is like, okay, I, I, this is going to be too deep for <laughs> this, but the Beatles are kind of like my religion, right? I mean, I in my path in life, um, I have gone from being raised in church choir and all that to kind of leaving religion to coming full circle to you know thinking for a second i was atheist then realizing no i believe that we're all in this together and that we're all made up of the same things and that we're all you know i i maybe didn't buy organized religion for what it was but i believe that we are all part of something greater that we all have something greater inside of us i called that god and in the end yeah. i came full circle to believing that god is love and that is where the Beatles led me, right? In the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. I mean, yeah. it's like that. I, I'm not a big fan of things that divide people. Um, so I'm, again, not a big fan of the organized religion aspect of that, but I definitely came full circle to that. And I think the Beatles are a huge part of like my worldview. So Abbey Road is this just amazing album that kind of not only takes you through this whole journey, but like the end of that album is so profound and really lays it all out there. I mean, if a musician were going to lay their heart out there for everybody to hear the message that they really wanted to put out into the world, right. I can't think of a better way to do it than yeah. the end of that record. Yeah, it is beautiful. And uh, I, I guess, so, you know, the white album on the other end is like, 
it's satirical it's looking at an, at all of this different kinds of music you know that that yeah. had existed or was was up and coming and it's really experimental and all that so i mean you know i don't want to take away from the creativity that is that album but as far as like making a real impression on me as a human being and all that i think that i have to go with heavy road <laughs> so. fantastic that's awesome all right so does anybody else have any questions for Leith? i also am a big beatles fan i mean who isn't <laughs> but uh i always thought that like if life was a movie and life ended the closing credits would always be accompanied by a day in the life and oh my god a day yeah. in the life that last note is the last thing you hear before the screen goes black and i just thought wow that how you ever hear about how they did that jay no they had six grand pianos set up and everybody played the same chord on every piano. Oh, really? Yep. So George Martin, Paul, Ringo, John, George. I think I'm missing somebody because I'm pretty sure it was six pianos that were played. But anyway, yep, they all they all played that together. So that chord is one of, you know, it's super iconic. But that's how they got it. It's that's, just like the biggest. That's a cool story. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that's pretty that's awesome. awesome. That used to be my favorite Beatles song, actually. It's a. It's still probably a big contender. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. But yes, yeah. hard to pick a favorite of your music too. <laughs> well, thank. You. That's true. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> what's thank you. What's everybody's favorite late song. I'm curious about that. Oh Ooh, man, that's that's tough. As soon as I say one, I'll be like, oh wait, no. <laughs> right, exactly. But I'm I'm gonna go with complete disgrace. Oh. Yeah, oh, love that song. Yes, that. oh man, I, there's so many I love. Uh, what it means. Yep. Thank yep. you. I, you know, uh, man, Ophelia. I. <laughs> yeah. Now that's not mine. It's that's a cover. Well, I, I know. Um, <laughs> but man, that's a good song. There's it so is. many. I I love the various like um if i love should have questioned her motivation. yes yes <laughs> oh yeah oh, all these years oh yeah yes. yes. oh good so, <laughs> thank you and it's funny because for me the first album of yours that i listened to was real and I said, okay, yes then i'm gonna go backwards and then when you know uh the the uh, I'm losing my mind here, but in the, the, round. One, the one prior to it, not in the round. Uh, the oh, long time coming. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I just going. I was going backwards, and they just got better. <laughs> not better, but because <laughs> they they all sound a little different. Like the first oh, yeah. one is different from real, and you know what we've heard from your upcoming album is different from everything else. So that's yeah, that's kind of cool too. But uh, it's just everything that I played, I was blown away. First lesson. Hey. So, thank you so much. Just amazing, amazing yeah. stuff. We are training our children well. They all listen. <laughs> they know they can't talk to us on phone. <laughs> they're, they're eating dinner and milling around that's us a, right now, but they know they can't talk. And we uh, have we have not missed a Friday night, not once. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys so much. That's right, fun camping and taking you with us. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. We missed one while we were on vacation in Michigan because the reception at this house. Right. Was, I, but but you watched it when you got back. Yes. yes we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> that you left a comment. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know. I really appreciate it. It was in God's country. It's Michigan. So we love it. <laughs> Where where were you up in Michigan? Honor. Honor. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, US thirty one. Did yep. you go to the cherry hut by any chance up in Beulah? Yes. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. We had to go there. Is that right? not the best cherry pie that you've ever had? Oh, yes. Probably we brought <laughs> six of them back. Man, you cannot go to the cherry hut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I love it yeah that's a that's a beautiful area my my dad had a friend uh, that lived in honor they were an older couple so they passed about 20 years ago but we used to go up there when i was a kid and stay at their place and just what a beautiful town yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. That that was funny. That was the only time we missed you on Friday night was up there in Michigan. It's like <laughs> <laughs> But the show went on. Yes. Oh, we loved it. We were actually in South Haven when we saw the uh the one where we, where was it at? Oh. It was on a Thursday night. You did it was um you were at a different venue. Yes. It was awesome. We were out on the boardwalk at the old Harbor Inn watching that. Yeah, what was this? Otis Supply. Yes. yes. Was it Otis oh. Supply? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember that was that was actually a really nicely done show, I thought. They yeah. did a good job. Yes. Um, We've watched that several times. <laughs> I like that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Because I did I you know what? I need to watch it again because I did I did one acoustic set and one electric set on that one. Yes. Too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I have to say, I love, you know, when you've got Dave and Mark with you and everything. Um, I think one of my favorites, Our, we saw you at Lone Oak and Ronnie and I, we were right in, in the, the front. front. That I was mean, funny. Sat right, you were right yes. in front of us that night. And yes, I mean, that was something that I'll never that forget. Was, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Had I met you guys before then? Yes. Like yes. We, went, okay. we, wow. we actually had a photo of us with you at the Vogue with us, and we yeah. asked you to autograph it for us. And we actually gave, we said, if you want one of us, you could have one too. And you were kind enough to take it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's awesome. That's but awesome. yeah, just. We, there are I just didn't. I didn't remember you guys coming up to to uh, Grass Lake, but that is so awesome. That's kind of. I miss that because that was actually the most like intimate gig, you know. Oh, since yes. the oh my gosh, that was I mean, so great kind of, that way. It's so much fun. It's like playing in somebody's living room or something. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. right, right. Our living room is pretty big. If you want to hit New Hampshire, <laughs> 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 you probably get twenty five people in there. There you go. You obviously don't live in Michigan right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a ten-person minimum on the amount of people that we can have in our houses for things. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's true. So, That's true. Us too. Yeah. Yep. yep. We're pretty good. Yes, yeah. It's unbelievable. And for me, for me, I met late at the write-off room in Woodland Hills. All right. That's right. Yeah, and With then and then you played at uh, Maui Sugar Mill, and Jeff. Uh, Perlman was backing you on bass. <laughs> oh, cool. Jeff has been playing bass with me <clears throat> for probably over seven years now. Like, I was just yeah. so lucky to meet him out there. My drummer, um, who played at the Sugar Mill with me, Mark, had moved out there, and I would go out to visit LA a lot. And uh, so we were kind of like looking for somebody to be able to play with out there. Uh, just so we could start taking bar gigs or, or you know, work when I was out there. And Jeff uh, offered it up. Right. As you know, Jeff's a great guitar player and singer in his own He's right. Fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways. Did you, did you, you played at his uh, CD release party, didn't you? The big the big one in December? I didn't. The December? I, didn't. I, I came out the week after that. And I was so, oh, you know okay. what? I came out the day after that, Toby. And I had oh, already man, bought my was, ticket. And I was uh, so upset because I had a gig too that night. Because it was, I think it was on a Tuesday night. And uh, anyway, yeah, I came out on a Wednesday. So I was bummed to miss that. But he's super talented. It was, yeah. It was standing room only at like 6.30. <laughs> so this room she's talking about, though, this uh, write-off room, unfortunately, they are in the midst of being closed and probably will find another location. But this is like, it's a great story. This, It's in Woodland Hills. It was in Woodland Hills. And this dude um, basically like came into a fortune. Uh, he invented something with this guy. And then they didn't speak for years. And then years later, this guy came in with all this money from somebody that had bought their patent. And I guess they were pretty well to do anyway. So they made this club and it's called the write-off room, literally because it's a tax write-off because they decided they love music so much. They didn't care about it really being like a profit maker uh, as much as it was a place for great musicians to get together and play. And, and the caliber of musicians is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, great. we're talking rock. They just have all the best LA players. Yeah. And I mean, people that have played with all the legends, the one of the owners, um, 
I'm sorry, one of the owners, the, the guy that got that money is a guitar player. I think his name is Bill. And he, Bill Lynch. Bill, Bill Lynch. Sorry. And Bill Lynch's house band is Abraham Gloria yes. on bass, James Gadsden on drums, and Mike Finnegan on keyboards. <laughs> wow. These guys the are the top of the heap. I mean, James Gadsden played with Bill Withers. James Gadsden is one of the greatest, you know, R&B session funk drummers that you will ever find. Mike Finnegan, actually, when you hear my new or forthcoming record, he's the keyboard player on it, but I've seen Mike Finnegan play with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, with Bonnie Raitt. Uh, he's another just top call, wonderful keyboard player and singer. And then, um, yeah, and Abe Laboreal, whose son, Abe Laboreal Jr., actually is uh, the drummer for Paul McCartney. Uh, and wow. Abraham Laboreal is a, just, dude, he's, he's a motherfucker, as they say. He's just <laughs> so, so good. So, anyway, uh, yeah, those, those guys are are awesome. That club, I hope to see resurface because it's something special. Anyway, I'm sorry to... Lath, I'll tell you real real quick. They're looking to buy a 5,000 square foot place in either Studio City or Sherman Oaks. Wow. Well, that would be amazing if they were closer to that end of Valley, too. I always, when I started going to Cali, I would play out in Sherman Oaks all the time because they had that club Cozy's. Um, so I play at Cozy's. Well, that's where I met Jimmy Vivino and... Um, played with Lucky Peterson. And anyway, there's a tons, tons of great experiences there. And then there was a club called Cafe Cordial right down the street. And, uh, you know, that, of course, Leland Sly would play there and Russ Kunkel and all these cats. So, Rusty yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, That's <man>. amazing. <laughs> they, uh, that was quite a scene anyway, down at that end of, uh, of Ventura. And uh, so I, I'm very happy to hear that they might have a write-off room over there. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Jane, did you have any yes. questions for, for Leif? Well, I was just going to say I've known Leif, it seems like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> you were just starting to grow your beard and your long hair, I think, when we first met. <laughs> How long ago was that? <laughs> what? Oh, probably 2008, something like that. I was going to say somewhere around there. Yeah. And... We met through a mutual friend uh, who also knew Mark. And we just started, my husband and I just started coming to see you once a week or twice a week, wherever you played around Ann Arbor. Yeah. yeah good night, Gracie. Yeah. Good, good night, night, Gracie. Yeah. Great. And um, while everybody loves your music, and your your singing and your talent i just think that your personality of just being a heck of a nice guy amen yes yeah. Yeah. and that's what that's what always impressed me and i think it was about this time of the year when we first met because we, we were in gracie's and you you were doing your songs and so forth and then you started throwing those little things in with a, a, a few bars of a Christmas carol. <laughs> Man. Was, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've not heard a Christmas carol as part of a Pink Floyd number. <laughs> but it's, it's been great fun knowing you. Um, he played at my daughter's wedding. Oh, awesome. Uh, a few years How ago. Special. Oh, it was yep, a fun it wedding. Was, it was great. There were two other weddings at the venue we were at, and they didn't like their bands, and they came <laughs> up to listen to Lace. We <laughs> <laughs> had a bunch kidding. of wedding crashers. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's really true. Band wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... I, he's trying to copy my late husband on his beard. <laughs> oh, I don't think I could ever do that. Pops oh, up. yeah. It's getting gray lace, so, you know. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but um, just love yeah. you, Lace. And, and Dave's husband and I were very good friends. And, uh, yes. He was an incredible guy. We, we, uh, had a lot of fun together and he'd come out yep. routinely on Wednesday nights and Thursday nights to come down to great. It was a lot of fun. 
Great. Jamie, did you have a question? Yeah, speaking of when you decided to start growing out your beard and your hair, for why? Like what, what inclined you? Wow, that I always hated shaving, period. <laughs> and, um, <a> lazy bastard, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Figured the no maintenance plan was easier. Uh, I, I'm half kidding. Um, I really did hate shaving, but I think the other thing is like, I realized when I started to grow it out because I'd always like let it go a little while and I noticed it wasn't patchy. And I was like, you know what? Not everybody can grow a full beard. So I decided to keep letting it go. And of course it's, uh, I don't know, probably has lost me lots of chances with women, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, I, I like it. I, I, it's just, you know, I once I got past those first like couple weeks when it was uh, no longer itchy, I actually re really enjoyed having the beard and it. It's nice, you know, to not have to shave. You agree, Chuck, don't you? Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, yeah. That's like the greatest of it all is like just not having to deal with that. You know? Yeah, I, I have huge beard envy because your beard is just like monstrous you know it's so cool i love it yeah you got a pretty good one yourself <laughs> thanks man so if you if you had the chance to talk with billy gibbons would you be talking guitars or beards oh you know i, I actually have talked to billy gibbons a couple times right. and we've never talked beards wow i don't think there's much conversation about beards and certainly not about billy gibbons with beards because he's his band has the most legendary beards in the world probably so right right <laughs> yeah. and, and, what, and what can you add to it anyway it's just exactly things for itself oh, product you know secret oh. <laughs> like that like come on girls you know like we exchange your product secrets and, and stuff like that i should have asked <laughs> so what kind of juices do you treat your beard with <laughs> <laughs> No, it was really, really trip. I met him in, in uh, L.A. when I was out there for The Voice. And uh, we met in a guitar center. And he was totally cool. I, I mean, just like, we probably talked for 20 minutes there. And just, he didn't have to give me the time of day. And he was, he was very gracious. And then uh, after that, I met him again in New Orleans with Jimmy Vivino And got to hang out with uh, him and his band actually because jimmy was was friends with billy so i got to go oh. bar hopping with them a little bit here's some stories yeah but he's always one of my favorite guitar players man. oh yeah yeah especially that early stuff Ooh. Ooh. yes Ooh. that is the best stuff you're not kidding <laughs> yeah Leif, did you find that you heard anyone yourself on the voice that you kind of liked and followed yeah yeah for sure i mean i i feel like actually i made some good lasting friendships on the voice um my closest friend probably that i made on the show was a guy named owen danoff yeah and owen oh, yeah. uh is the son of a great songwriter named bill danoff and bill danoff wrote um uh, country roads take me home he, uh well, he wrote, I think, 12 songs that John Denver did, and, and a few of them were hits. And then he also had a band, which I'm sure you guys will at least remember through the movie uh, Anchorman. <laughs> but he had a band called, uh, uh, come on, I know the name of the song right now. Oh, the Starland Vocal Band. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Afternoon yeah. Delight. <laughs> that was one of his songs, and he the was a singer in that. And, his wife was so anyway so pretty cool uh bill is actually a really awesome guy and anyway owen is a very talented songwriter good singer so i i have a lot of respect for him um in in both regards and then uh yeah there, there were other people that i thought were great um let's see ryan quinn was another singer that was on oh, yeah. my and i thought had a great voice um you know, Owen and in fact, Owen and Ryan and I always used to um, get together and eat dinner together because they also like spicy food. So we'd have nights where we'd just get down in the lobby and go. You know, we were we were all sequestered in a hotel, not allowed to leave the hotel, not allowed to have cab rides anywhere, not allowed to have friends visit us. Wow. You know, we were all this stuff was totally under wraps, and so it was kind of even a major deal once out that we could get food delivered to us so we just hang out <laughs> near the lobby of the hotel and get indian food thai food or whatever it was <laughs> but uh, anyway 
So they, that's the first one you go to, and then yeah, mm -hmm. that because you got to remember they start out with over a hundred contestants before you do the blinds, right? So there's, you know, there's forty eight spots to make it on because each team has twelve people, and so you have generally. I want to say the roster was like 114 people at the beginning, but of course yeah. people start dropping like flies because the situation's not easy to deal with because again, you're, you're locked in a hotel, you can't see people, blah, blah, blah. And of course there are people that are not well conditioned for that experience or have stuff going on that they're worried about at home and stuff. So, you know, so I think probably about 10 people left uh, over the first week and a half just, just because of that stuff. And then you have, you know, the other half that aren't going to make it, basically. So once they fill the 48 spots, everybody just goes home uh, that, that didn't get to audition. And then the first three rounds of the show are pre-taped. So I was out there from September till October to do the blinds. Then I went back home, and then I came back out and did – the battle rounds and the knockouts. And then I went back home for the holidays. And then we came back. And when the show went live, which is after that, is when we were there and, and basically doing it live every night. By the time that happened, it really was live too. So like they were a little less overbearing about us getting out because I guess they had problems with people like leaking secrets and stuff oh. in, in the past. And I mean, you wouldn't think it, but I guess everything else is this way in life, but people were betting on in Vegas. On the <laughs> so like if you could get inside information on who was going to make it in those first few rounds, somebody right. could make money and stuff. So it was really crazy because the wow. NBA we had to sign a $5 million NBA. Wow. Yeah, wow. so we would totally hose if we had, uh, you know, released any of that information. So, so they're pretty serious about it. And even with my family, I think it was $1.5 million when they were wow. out there. Oh, yes, wow. they had to sign little forms and stuff like that. So it's pretty crazy. Didn't you do, didn't you do um, something on stage with Joe Walsh? I sure did. Mm -hmm. yes. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> about my favorite thing about that whole show, I think. I mean, it was just such a... You know, I didn't think I'd get to make it to the finals anyway, but just the fact that I had some kind of in. Basically, Joe's personal manager is a guy that lives in Birmingham, Michigan, which is not too far from Ann Arbor. It's about 45 minutes away. And um, that guy knew one of my friends that stage manages for shows and stuff. So when I made it to that point, this guy actually called me. I see I'm giving you guys the scoop. He called me and said, hey, Leith, you know, uh, if you're interested in having Joe Walsh as your special guest, I bet we can get him to say yes. Oh my God. And of course, that was kind of it. It's just like, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't think of anybody better than I could possibly get. Sure, why not? So I, I <laughs> did that and Joe came and Joe was just so nice. Like, I mean, I, you know, I saw him once after the show and got to play with him at Pine Knob. Uh, with Keith Urban, actually. And that was really cool, too, that he'd even invite me to come out in, in real life after that. But it was just so cool to play with him on, on stage. He was so gracious. He was, I think he actually liked our version of Rocky Mountain Way, too. I mean, I, I dare say that we did a it, it pretty was a, good version of it. So. It was a great version. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, Thank you. it was great. Thank you. But yeah, well, I mean, he's a total, you know, total guitar hero of mine and, and amazing songwriter and singer in his own right, so... I couldn't believe I got to meet him. And Marjorie, his wife, is amazing. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Marjorie, Joe Walsh's wife, is sisters with Ringo Starr's wife. Oh, so know. imagine that, that they have family get-togethers all the time with, oh, you know, only Ringo Starr and Joe Walsh. Nice. <laughs> wow. Nothing <Not> scary. <laughs> I think Joe's actually been part of the um, All-Star Band, too, a few times. Yep, he has. Yep. Jack Blades and, yeah. Oh man, Steve Lukather. Uh, yeah, there's so many guys. He's got uh, Greg Raleigh plays keyboards in that band. He was in Germany. Anna and Journey and all that stuff. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Killer. Yeah. I saw a picture actually one year. I I think it was in the 80s, but uh, there was one year that he toured with three drummers in the All Star Band. So it was Jim Keltner, 
and uh, who's the other guy? There's Ringo, Jim Keltner, and I cannot, I'm, I'm brain farting on this. I'm not going to be able to remember it, but it's Alex Van Halen was in the photograph. I'm going to actually see whether I have this in my phone pictures while we're chatting. Let's oh, see what I can give you the answer to the other drummer because <laughs> I can't believe I'm forgetting it right now. <laughs> I didn't want to Google. say. Well, Ringo didn't play drums in the time, man. <laughs> Jane, yeah. you have to leave? I have to leave, so. Nice you. Well, thank you for joining us. See you on the stream. And, you know, <laughs> best wishes, Leif, and, and nice to see all your other people that love them, too. Oh. And nice to see yeah. you, too. Thanks for, thanks for joining, Jane. Thank, really appreciate thank you. it. Take care. We'll right. see you soon. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're actually getting close to uh, the the witching hour for for the for this episode of Fans with Bands. I, I oh yeah, we're everybody for an hour. And yeah, I'm not even gonna be able Man, to tell you a quick hour. <laughs> I know. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This might be mm, Levon Helm. How can oh, I forget? Man. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. So Levon, Jim Keltner, and Ringo Starr in the same band. Yeah. Like. <laughs> fair drummer. First there. of all, I'm very embarrassed that I forgot that, being that I think all of you know that Levon is like, yeah, my favorite the band. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but wouldn't that be amazing to see that? Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. Nils Lofgren on guitar. They had Dr. John on piano in that band. They just uh, killing. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it happened, but you know, I recorded my. Uh, last album that is not out with Jim Keltner on drums and Jim and Ringo are good friends. And so what got us back together actually in the studio is that Jim was telling me that he um, really enjoyed listening to the record that we made together, which is real. Yeah. And so when I got in the studio with him, I was like, you know, Jim, I don't know if you'd ever uh, do this for me, but if you, if you like real, you know, like, Oh man, I do. It's a great record. I'm like, well, is there any chance you'd pass along a copy to Ringo? Oh, sure, man. So <laughs> as far as I know, I believe Ringo Starr now has a copy of Real. In his really? Whether he's listened to it or not, I have no idea, but oh, that, that I'm may sure be he has. still one. Awesome I, yeah, I'm sure he, if he has, he's a fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll, we'll all have to like send him messages through every social media you know thing out there and say, Ringo, listen to Real. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> hey, hey Lath, one real quick thing about Ringo. Yeah. Lawrence Duber's wife, Hope, she stepped on Ringo's foot, and that's how she met Lawrence Duber. <laughs> and, what? <laughs> yeah. She that came is live, amazing. She came, she came live on one of his streams one day and told us the story, man. It was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I... Uh, found out I'm a GHS string artist and I found out that Lawrence is too. So he, so I have a custom set of Lawrence Juber strings from GHS right now. <laughs> He's such a monster player, man. Fantastic. Well guys, I want to um, kind of wrap up with one last question for everybody. And that is, um, you know, we really can't do any traveling right now, but if you could travel right now anywhere in the world and see Lath play live, you know, we fly him out there, wherever that that is. Where where would you like to go see Lath? Let's start with Toby. Oh shoot! <laughs> um, the new write-off room when it opens. All right. <laughs> I have actually yet to play at the write-off room. There you go. I thought you shared the stage, though, but not so. I, I did not, actually. Jeff Perlman was playing the night we went up to see him. And, uh, you know, of course, we thought about asking, but with George Deering and all those other guys, it was... Uh, oh, the deductions. Know. Okay. That yeah, the deductions are playing. And, and and George and Dean actually were bo both also playing that night. So, yeah. No, I never got a chance to. Um, played at Harvell's and at uh, Maui Sugar Mill and... Uh, well, you'll okay. have to come down to my friend's restaurant in Studio City I play at sometimes called Tuning Fork, but that's mostly a solo acoustic thing, but I do okay, that with Jimmy. Well, well I'll, I'll, hook, I'll hook you up with Bill and Maggie because I assist with the calendar of events. Oh, awesome. 
There you uh, go. <laughs> I, I really enjoy going down there the times I got to, to see it. It's a great club, so I, I would love to come down and play sometime. We'd love Thanks to have All right. Cool. Uh, how about uh, Jerry and Jody? Where would you guys like to go? Jody can go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, of course, we'd love to have you in New Hampshire. Uh, but I would say we, I would like to see you in Nashville, seeing that I've never been and you've never been, right, to play there. That is so. true. Awesome. That'd be cool. I have played there, but never on my own gig. And I, I got to work on uh, City Winery. My old guitar teacher moved to Nashville a while ago. My dad lived there for years. So I used to go sit in on uh, Broadway Street, which is where all the bars are in Nashville, where the, the music bands are. And uh, so gotten to play at Robert's Western World and Tootsie's and a couple oh, of the yeah. other. Cool. You know, commercial spots, but it's totally fun. And seeing some killer guitar players there. That's a that's a town I don't think I'd last long in. Jerry won't go to Nashville because he thinks it's all country. But. Jerry, I'm into heavy metal and I went to Nashville and it's awesome. So there you go. <laughs> oh boy. All right. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of great musicians there too, Jerry. Yeah. It's, it's gotten oh, so yeah. far beyond the uh, country these days it's crazy yeah so i guess for me if i could go anywhere to see you my backyard would be just <laughs> fine <laughs> that would be pretty cool but uh you know get the whole band plug in we have a little issue with you know live bands in my backyard but we'll make it work. <laughs> huh? awesome. as long as your neighbors enjoyed good okay, music knowing we have that awesome. <laughs> But I'd go see you anywhere. I'd hop on a plane to go to Michigan yeah, to see you. So it doesn't really uh, matter. Thank you guys. Cool. Uh, Ron and Syl. Wow. Oh man, I know we're in in Ann Arbor at the Blues Festival. Oh, cool. And I would, I just, it was like that's where I want to go. Or the Blind Pig. It, yeah, the Blind Pig is super. It, I would. It's like oh, just that's you know that was of course like I said since we're retired it was like oh. <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it didn't happen this year, but yeah, I'd love to oh. see the Blues Fest in Ann Arbor. Laith, I would love for you to come back to Indy, and I would love for the for the Vogue, if you liked that venue, for it to be packed to, yeah. I mean, you couldn't squeeze another person in there. <laughs> I mean, just just so that, you it's know, right. Indy would show Lath some love, yeah. just like they need to. Or you know, it, uh, the club was so nice to us, but unfortunately, yeah, we did not do well enough that I think that yeah, they did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, that well, really surprised us. We were like, we will travel around wherever. Yes, you're that's, for, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we'll try to get back down there either way. And it's like you know, it's it was really hit or miss after the voice, and obviously, me not having experience with those different scenes, it was really kind of dependent on a lot of promoters to to get the word out. So like, there were not always bad uh, experiences with towns we hadn't played at before. In fact, sometimes we'd sell out weeks in advance for some of those places, but. Um, you know, there were other things like I, I know uh, where, you know, Jerry and Jody came to see me up in uh, Somerville. That was not a well attended show either. And then and then uh, Indianapolis wasn't either. But like I'll say, I'd never played in Sacramento or San Jose, California or, or uh, in the Bay Area and like Napa. I sold out three nights at the Blue Note there, um, you know, did did uh, Sacramento has this club called the uh, Har it's not Harvell's. That's in L.A. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't remember the name of it. Harlow's. And that was also sold out like weeks in advance. So it's like you never you never know. You know, in Chicago, of course, too, we did pretty well at the uh, the city winery most of the times there and stuff. So, you know, either way, once I'm allowed to get back out there, believe me, I'll uh, I'll keep on trying to spread my music wherever I can. But yeah. well, cool. as, yeah. as long as I still am able to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Greg, where, where would you like to see Lath play? Oh, my first choice, I'd love to have you over here at JT's in Coldwater. Uh, or or my first thought was BB uh, King's in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That would be cool. I've been down I, to that, BB's. <laughs> I got to play BB's in New York once, which was pretty nice. sweet. That was before that closed down, but that was a Times Square location. That was really fun. 
in cold water, man. I actually was out there um, two months ago, maybe. I played a guy's house that he had a, a camping party out in his backyard. It was a nice. total blast. Anyway, but yeah, it's a trip because I, I haven't been out there much. Now, this probably wasn't technically in cold water, but anyway, one of my best friends, uh, Mike Caskey, who's a drummer in Chicago, his girlfriend worked at Tibbetts for a summer, so we would make trips down to uh, Coldwater to visit his girlfriend from our gig up up north. Anyway, so I, I got a soft spot in my heart for that place. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Jamie, how about you? Well, I'm going to take you back to the beginning of our conversation, and I would like to see you at a campfire anywhere USA. <laughs> Apologize about my dogs because they're I live alone. They're not used to hearing other voices in the house, so they like. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, my favorite one of my favorite or my favorite song of yours is "Gone," and I thought I read somewhere that you wrote that in New Orleans, which is my favorite place in the world. And I've been all over the world, but like campfire outside of New Orleans somewhere would be amazing to see you play, and especially that song. So. Well, thank you. Well, I'm sure we can make that happen sometime. And New Orleans is also like my favorite. Place. Oh wait, you're recording this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's recorded. <laughs> yeah, so I I wrote three songs off that album actually in New Orleans. Um, I'm really lucky to know this guy uh, that was president and CEO of Borders, uh, who became a fan of mine when he was living in Ann Arbor, and he's been a big supporter of mine. And so my buddy George um, has a place on the top floor of the Jack's Brewery building, which is literally, if, if you're on the Mississippi River down across from the French Quarter, it's the big building to the right if you're facing Cafe Du Monde. It's the first building to the right. So it's like prime location. Out in the back of his building is where the Natchez steamship is is parked, and they've got the big uh, walk, you know, the boardwalk. Anyway, um, so I would go out with my guitar after we'd get back from watching music and sit on the back patio of this building up on the, you know, sixth level of it just out in this they've got an area for people to barbecue at, but nobody was out there at two in the morning. And I'd just take my acoustic out and sit and write songs. Cause it was just like impossible to not be inspired by the vibrancy wow. well, of the city and what's going on. And so, uh, so yeah, so I wrote what it means there. I wrote, uh, gone there and I wrote the last time you'll see me cry. Oh, wow. Man. That's a great story. That is. Yeah. That is it's, fantastic. It's a special place. You know, I wish I got yeah. to spend more but, uh, so, sorry, we weren't there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. Oh, yeah. we. <laughs> I really, I really want to get down there and play, and that's another place that I, I have played there, but I have not played there since The Voice. Like, I've not had like a ticketed show there. I've gotten to uh, do some cool events, but um, yeah, but still, I've yet to like have my own gig there. So, sounds like the place to go then. When 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 the pandemic's over, we can. Yeah, that's for sure. Maybe we could just all get together and do a road trip. There you go. <laughs> right? We should. Fantastic. Really should. Well, guys, thank you again for being part of uh, Fans with Bands with Laith. Um, oh, well, thank you. Laith, thank you so much. You are my musical hero. I can't wait to see you live again. Uh, uh, thanks, Chuck. Thanks for doing this, man. This was really yeah. actually great to be able to uh, talk to everybody. So Yeah. Yeah, nice to see you. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, nice thank to you. See you it's nice we'll to meet you. everybody. We'll see you on the stream. We'll see you on the streams. There you <laughs> go. And thank you for, for spreading the word and all that stuff. I appreciate it very much. Okay. You're welcome. We're trying. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. Love you, Late. Love you too. Thank Peace you. Gotta go. I got to host my five o'clock show. It started 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see y'all soon. Right. Take okay, care, bye. Everyone. But yep. Thank, thank you, you. Yeah. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. Thank yep. you to everybody yes, else. Thank you. Thanks to Laith Elsadi and fans Jamie, Jane, Ron, Sylvia, Jerry, Jody, Gail, Toby, and Greg for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. Laith is a phenomenal artist. Do yourself a favor and check out his album Real, and then go back and get his entire catalog of music. I think you'll be blown away, not only by his vocals and guitar, but by the outstanding songwriting. Be sure to follow him on social media and catch one of his Friday night live stream sessions. See the show notes for all the details and links. 
These are tough times for everyone in the creative industry, such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you're in Michigan, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.